Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you are about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. The life of rest is initiated by faith. It is called the faith rest life. The faith rest life. Do you have the faith rest life? Yes, sir. What kind of life do you have? The faith rest life. Why? I'm resting. Why am I resting? Faith. I believe. I believe. Okay. Let me just advise you as we are fasting. I saw this scripture I felt I should share with you. Matthew 6, 16 to 17. NLT. When you fast, don't make it obvious. As the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled. So people would admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward they will ever get. This is Jesus himself talking. Okay? Let's see it in King James. And then we'll look at the message. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For they disfigure their faces, you understand? That they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Can I see a message? When you are fasting, God is saying, just be, be normal. Be normal like your everyday life. You know, you don't need to now appear too spiritual. Even your walking changes. <laughs> you know? When you practice some appetite-denying discipline, to better concentrate on God. Don't make a production out of it. Don't make a production out of it. It might turn you into a small time celebrity. But it will make you a saint. <laughs> it will make you what? A small time celebrity. But it won't make you a saint. If you go into training inwardly, Act normal outwardly. Did you see that? If you go into training inwardly, he's talking about the fasting. Act normal outwardly. Act normal. Act normal. Shampoo and comb your hair. Brush your teeth. Wash your face. <laughs> eh? Shampoo. Change the translation, TPT and King James. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head and wash thy face. 
TPT, when you fast, don't let it be obvious. But instead, wash your face and groom yourself. And realize that your father in the secret place is the one who is watching all that you do in secret and will continue to reward you. Did he say your father? Yes. Your father. So these are your father's principle. You know, this January, most people are fasting. And some people, when you see them in town, you can tell. I found this. I, I, I laughed. I said, Jesus, I don't know why the Holy Ghost showed me, but maybe somebody needs to hear this. Be normal. You see, we, we walk sometimes silently in religiosity without knowing. See you, the one you are praying to is your father. I am not fasting to even receive a blessing. That's the point. I am not even fasting to receive glory. I am not fasting to receive anything. I am fasting to discipline myself. That is the whole thing. So if today the discipline doesn't go, I continue tomorrow. Can you see that? So it's important. So tonight we are talking about what? Fight with faith. Say fight with faith. faith. You are going to see this differently. And it's going to change you. Fight with faith. Fight with faith. Say fight with faith. faith. Now, you are going to see what God wants you to fight. This one is not devils or anything. So, before we get in there, let's continue 2 Corinthians, the 9, 8, and finish up the Amplified. Do you remember what he said? His God is able to make all grace abound to you. And we said that he does that by when you what? You sow generously from your heart. Then he's able to make all grace abound to you. There's no money or no help that can never come to you when you just go by the word of God. You don't need to have money in the bank to prove you are rich. You don't need money in the bank, we said that, to prove that you are rich. But you see, I must be sowing first. Not sparingly. I must be a sower. You get it? I must be a sower. Now, the sowing is actually not necessarily for God. He says when you sow, it's like you're using the money to help others. So when you sow in church, you use that money to help the church. The same way, when I sow into your life, I'm using that money to help you. Remember, that is an act of love to God through men. So the more you love, the more grace comes to you because grace is what? Love in action. Please understand that. Let's go back to verse 6. Let's read so that we, we catch it. Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly, 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 will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously, that blessings may come to someone. This is what I was looking for. That what? Blessings may come. So I'm sowing. So blessings may come to someone. So when you sow in the church, remember that the church perhaps takes care of people. So when you sow, the church uses that money to also take care of people. Or the church uses it to do something. You are taking care of someone. So I can decide to say, Mike, take this. 
Mike, take this shoe. Mike, take that. When you are giving in that regard, don't ever think of any earthly reward. Because what you are doing is far greater than what any earthly reward can give you. But you see, we sow on earth thinking we will get that same thing. Yes, you might get that same thing, but in abundance, because that's how it comes. But it should not be your mind. You give out of love. Anybody that gives out of love gives by a free gift. When I love you and I give you something, I'm not expecting anything because love does not expect anything in return. 1 Corinthians 13. So when I give you a shoe out of love, I am not expecting anything. I have sowed a seed. So God says, keep sowing from the heart. Keep doing that. Because there are people in need. Okay? Why am I talking about this thing in this faith work? Because where, if your faith is on, it's not able to work here, it can't work anywhere. If your faith doesn't work here, it doesn't work anywhere. Good? Yes, sir. Alright. He said, that blessing may come to someone. We will also reap generously and with a blessing. So me giving does not tell me I'm going to lose. Or I'm going to be poor. He just told you, you will also reap with blessings. How did that happen? I gave. To you, giving means lose. To God, giving means gaining. To man, giving means what? Losing. But to God, giving means receiving or, or, or obtaining or gaining. With blessings. With blessings. That's why you must be a giver. Once you give, it means you have faith. You believe in the word of God. Satan is not a giver. Because everybody he gives anything to, he collects back. My father says he will give you a right hand and use the left hand to collect it back. But God gives what? Generously. So you see, there is a word called generosity. Actually, this word generosity is actually grace. Grace is the word charis, right? The root word is kairu. Which actually means rejoicing. Can you see that? Yes, sir. Now, this generosity is the same word charity. Charity, like, you know, charity works. So, poor people need charity. The sinner needs grace. Because the sinner is also poor. The sinner needs grace. The poor person needs what? Charity. Charity is grace. So anytime you give, you've given grace. Because that giving will bring joy and rejoicing to someone. I remember the gentleman that came here with a leg. You remember we prayed for him? Oh, people brought him clothes. And I'm sure after receiving, I'm sure he's going to be excited. What have we done to? We have shown grace. Don't live in grace and not give grace. You are in grace to give grace. You are blessed to bless. So generosity is the act of giving grace. To the poor man who needs earthly materials, he doesn't need grace, he needs charity. (laughs) But to the sinner, sinner doesn't need money, he doesn't need charity. The sinner needs grace. I hope we are moving. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So God says that he who sows sparingly. So look, if you give sparingly and gradually, it means you are withholding back grace. Yes, sir. 
you are withholding back grace. Which means that you enter into what? Effort. You enter into effort. Stoichion. Now, the Bible is saying that once you do that, what you also reap is grace held back and effort. So the point where you think grace must come to you, it doesn't come. It's like it's held from you. Who caused it? I did. Now, to withhold grace back, because I give. Not, remember, God is looking for an empty hand to give to. That's grace. Now, not giving, you are trying to say that, what have you done for me to give? So, hand go, hand come. So, when it is time for you to also reap, your fruit says, what have you done? Hand go, hand come. And since you've done nothing, you receive nothing. But once you give out of grace, grace, the Bible says you also will reap generously, which is grace, which is grace, with blessings. Say, so the more I give, the more I receive. Now, my harvest doesn't ask me what I have done. In fact, I don't need to do anything. That is why God, from the beginning, is going to make all grace abound to you. Now, verse 7, he says, let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart. If you don't get this, you might think one CD is what I purposed in my head. See, when you walk in love, what you prepare in your mind is always guided by the Holy Ghost. Everyone is by default stingy. So one of the reasons the Holy Ghost comes into your life is to change that and place you in the place of God. So you can now behave like him, generosity, the generous God. The Bible says that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him, let him ask God. Who gives what? Generously. Without what? Finding fault. So I don't give you, I don't give because I don't find fault with you. Do you know people in church stop giving when they are hurt by church? Even our own friends. So when you are in trouble and they will give you, they will have to think twice. And that thing you did to them comes to mind. Do you know what they are doing? That's a sparring way of giving. So at that point, they won't give me. Is that complete? Look at it. Amplified. 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 Ma, 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 ma. Please, you read it yourself. That's all. Did you see the word grudging? Yes. Yes. In 2 Corinthians, he said when you are giving, don't give sparingly and grudgingly. Yes. That is not the nature of God. That's not God's nature. His nature is this. He gives liberally, generously, ungrudgingly, without reproaching or fault finding. He won't find fault with you before he gives you. Now, there's one name or one description of God. He's called the giving God. Can you see that? Yes. Let him ask the giving God. He's the giving God. Are you the giving son? Yay. No, you ask yourself, am I a giving son? 
He's the giving God. That's why he gave his life to you. He's the giving God. That's why he gave his spirit to you. He's the giving God. That is why he gave his throne to you. He's the giving God. That is why he gave you his place of abode. My father is the giving God. How do we know you look like your father? By giving. Give ungrudgingly. Give without finding fault. Give liberally. In other words, give by grace. You see, the, the issue of grace is not understood. If people understand grace, if you have hurt me so much, in fact, you even tried to kill me yesterday night, and today you are falling into problem. Grace says I should give you. You don't deserve it, but I give you. That's grace. But in the earth, in Canaan, in the place of Stoikion, in the place of merchandise, do you have beans for rice? Then I'm not giving you. Are you not the one who tried to kill me yesterday? Now you are in trouble. You see how it is like. That's Stoikion. We are not called into that. You are not called into that. We were saved by grace. So we approach people also by grace. This shows that indeed you are, you are saved by grace. You are the son of the grace God. And the happy God. And the giving God. And the glory God. And the powerful God. And the king God. So henceforth, change the way you give. Before you give, eh, the way you think, you know what, you are, that's grudging. That's grudging. You are, that's grudging. Give, give. You see, the truth is that this is what your faith should be. In giving, we don't lose. In giving, we receive. This is what propels you to give. In giving, we don't lose. In giving, we don't lose. That's what the Bible says. Go back to 2 Corinthians. Alright. Let each one give as he has made up his mind. I told you this is a trick. Don't. But you, you quote the scripture, but God said we should give as we have made up our mind. I made up my mind to give one CD. But the need that you are supporting with, that one CD is not graceful. Remember, you are giving according to grace. If half of the blood of Jesus was what he intended to give, there will be no salvation. Because the need needed his full blood. Can you see that? He bled seven times for you. But the need needed perfect blood. So the man had to bleed seven times to perfect his blood. Because even if he had blessed six times, that would have been the blood of man. And the blood of man does not save man. Can you see that? So you give. The Bible says give. I know people have quoted this. Trust me. I started teaching this long ago. People will quote the scripture, but God said we should give, you know, according to our mind. What we have purpose in our mind. So this is what our purpose in my mind. If this is grace for you, that's fine. Imagine we want to go and buy a huge speaker for the ministry, for people to come to church and hear God's voice. Now, the speaker costs, say, 20,000 Ghana cities. And we are saying that, look, 
Let's extend our faith and do this. Someone says, I want to give 5,000, someone, I want to give 4,000, someone. And then you say, I've, the Bible says that. <laughs> so I want to give some two CD. <laughs> See, we give according to need. Remember, yesterday we read all these things Paul was talking about. He said he was in need. Correct? And the church was what? Putting money together for his need. You give because of need. I give you my shoes because I see you are in need of a shoe. That is grace. That's why I'm telling you that if Jesus had given you a part of himself, you would not be sitting here safe because the need needed himself, his life and his blood. That is grace. Christians give because there is a need. And grace sorts it out. All right. He says that let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purpose in his heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully. Because they said, David said, I didn't give God anything that did not what? Cost me. He didn't say pain. He didn't say pain. He said cost me. Since when the cost become pain? You see, no wonder some seeds and some givings have never given rewards. Because all these are spirit principles. John the Baptist told Jesus, he said, Jesus, you are greater than me, baptize me now. He said, no, suffer it to be so now. Because I'm not the baptizer, you are. If I baptize you now, because I'm not sent to baptize water. If I baptize you right now, I've spot the matter. Didn't you read the numbers? Moses was not supposed to hate but he broke spiritual protocol. God was not happy with him. All the Israelites, they were rebelling, but he didn't do anything. But when Moses did, you don't joke with Christ, grace. Because the Bible said the rock that followed them, that rock was Christ. And out of Christ comes the Holy Ghost. And you must deal with Christ according to the knowledge of God. You must deal with, that's how come to know God or to receive from God, it must be in the knowledge of Christ. So Moses dealt with Jesus wrongly. Moses is the first person that lashed Jesus. He lashed him two times and the Holy Ghost came. Because Jesus is still loving. After lashing him, the water came. Yeah, it's funny, but that's truth. He lashed him. Yet the water came and the people drank, right? But you know that the water stood for the Holy Ghost. Yet the rock gave the water. If the rock belonged to you and he lashed you too, you won't do it. But because he by himself Oh, Jesus. And Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he smote the rock twice and the water came out abundantly. Even after being in error, after being in error, he still gave the water in abundance. How much more you were son in him? He gave the water in abundance. That's the grace of God. Because there was a need. What was the need? They were thirsty. He gave without finding fault. This is grace. He gave without finding fault. Give without finding fault. And when you are giving, don't think of yourself. How do I know that? When Jesus was lashed twice, he didn't think of the pain on himself. He thought of the pain of the people. On the cross, the Bible says he endured 
the cross, despising the shame. Selfishness is an act of the devil. Okay? Anyone that is selfish, it means that you are walking the path that is not godly. True Christianity or the life of God in us does not cause us to think of ourselves first. What is selfishness? Concentration on yourself. Love does not concentrate on itself. Go back to 1 Corinthians 13 4. Let's look at love. King James. Charity. Ah, you see? So charity is love. Charity is grace. Love suffered long. Charity suffered long and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. Love does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. It is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. NLT or any other translation. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. That's what I want to tell you. Love does not demand its own way. Selfishness demands its own way. So if you are working in selfishness, you are not working in love. And if you are not working in love, you are not working in grace. Okay. Go back to 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Look at it. When Jesus died and went to heaven and the disciples met, the first thing that everybody saw among them was giving. The first thing, Acts chapter 2, what did they do? Everybody went to sell their properties. Some were very poor. So the people that had properties went to sell everything and they brought it and put it at the feet of the apostles. That was a reflection. Everybody saw it. They started seeing them acting like Christ. So they have no choice but to call them Christ-likes, Christians. The first sign people see about you is your love, your charity, especially for people who have even hurt you. People who have even hurt you. In this world, you hurt me, I hurt you. But we don't come from here. We come from Zion. And the demands of the king states that when somebody hurts you, give to the person. Love the person. Be there for the person. It's difficult. That is why we are helped by the Holy Ghost. It is one of the reasons the Holy Ghost came. To help you live the heavenly life. Otherwise, we will live like earthly men. Okay? All right. The Bible says, and they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men. They parted to all? All men. As every man had need. Look at it, look at it. Look at it. As every man had need. As every man had need. Amazing. When Jesus left, this is Acts chapter 2. It was Acts chapter 2. That's when the Holy Ghost came. So when the Holy Ghost came and they were full of the Holy Ghost, the first sign was love, giving. How can you have the Holy Ghost and you're not a giver? Yeah. How can you be a... No, no. The Holy Ghost in you makes you live the life of Christ. That's why he came. He will not speak of his own. Or he will not talk about himself. 
Okay. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. And sold their possession and goods and parted them all to one man, as every man had need. And they continued daily in one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Not, not double heart. Praising God, look at it, and having favor, grace, with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. They didn't pray. Love, brother people. Okay, Second Corinthians. Sometimes, I'm telling you, it's difficult to love. But we are helped to love. You know, you, you, you can step on a church member's foot and he won't come to church. Not because he's busy. Because he feels hurt. Selfishness. Because you are working in the house of God. You vacated your position because you, have, you feel hurt. But the Bible says love does not seek his so. I am hurt, but I have to be there. To serve people. To serve God's people. So sometimes we walk out of grace and we don't even know. Let each one give as he has made up his mind, his own, his own mind, purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowful or under compulsion. For God loves. He takes pleasure in prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful giver. A cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver. Whose heart is in his giving. So your heart must be in your giving. The Bible says such a person God cannot do without. In fact, God can't live without such a person. Because God has seen himself. A giver is God. Or is like God. Look at it. It's powerful. For God loves he takes pleasure in. Pleasure. Means that there's something that pleases God. A giver. He prizes above other things. He. He prizes above other things. And is unwilling to abandon. He is unwilling to abandon. To let you go. He is unwilling to abandon. Or to do without. A cheerful, who's the cheerful guy? Joyous, prompt to do it. One whose heart is in his giving. Thank God for Amplified. He's breaking it down for us to understand the word. Don't just say I'm a cheerful giver. Ask yourself, is my heart in my in my in my giving? Am I cheerful? Yeah. Are you prompt to do? Are you prompt to do? You are not thinking about your giving? Are you prompt to do? He said, look at it though. For, for every giving, is not a loss. Look at what God said. He prizes you above all other things. That person that is a giver, God prizes him above all other things. Yeah. God prizes him above all other things. Think about it. Do you want God to prize you above? All? See, we are all children of God. But God will prize someone above. 
That doesn't make him an unfair God. Okay, then the verse 8. So, after all these things, then verse 8, he says, And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So that, for a reason, the giver, the giver, who, who, who it looks like he's, he's lost, physically, I've parted something. But spiritually, God makes all grace abound. How? In abundance. In the abundance of God. The one David calls running over. The one David calls running over. Look at it. God is able to make all grace. Every favor. That grace, he is able to make it come to you in abundance. So the one that decides the abundance is him. Now, if God is the one giving you the abundance, I told you how he gave the manna. When one manna falls, it takes two kilometers space and deep. And the Jewish people say that that one, one manna can take care of the whole Israel for two years. You see, the problem is that you don't know this God. You think he gives like men. That's like when he says, let it go. You can't let it go. Because you think you receive according to man's measurement. He said, give and it shall be given to you. He said, shaking together, press down. Running over. Then he says, shall men, this is how men shall give to your bosom. But who instructed God? So what God will cause men to give to your bosom is according to his instruction. Yes, sir. Are you following? Yes, sir. So follow God's instruction. Then he said, so that he will give you an abundance so that you may always and under all. Can this be true? This is too good to be true. God says, the abundance will come to you in such a way that you always, all circumstances, I don't know if you are looking at the all. Check from up there, all grace. Always. All circumstances. In the Greek is the word pass. P-A-S. This is what we call the all of God. It's like Christ gave him his all. He gave us his all. Not a part, all. All grace. Always. So whichever way you find yourself, the abundance flow. That is why I keep telling you, prosperity is not in America or in UK or whatever. Prosperity is where you do the word. Prosperity is where you do the word. If you can do the word in the village, grace will find you there. If you do it under the water, grace will find you there. Even if you do it in Satan's house, grace will still find you there. And you shall receive the abundance. 
Please get this. And I want you to be charged for this. Okay? God is saying always and under all circumstances. So the circumstance can be bad or good. Whichever circumstance it is, God is saying that that abundance, that earthly blessing shall come to you. And whatever they need. So he's talking about three things. Always. All circumstances. Whatever they need be. Charlie, you'll be so self-sufficient. Can we believe this? I know to some of us it will be difficult to get it. But let it sink in. Don't think it. Believe. Just keep telling yourself, I believe. I believe. I believe. Every believer is a doer. So if you believe, then you sow the seed. So yesterday I told you, it's not sowing seed only church. There are people that need help. Sometimes God intentionally even bring a beggar your way. But that's when your mind begins to run. Maybe you use the money for juju. You know? But the Bible says he gives without finding fault. If you knew the power of giving, if you knew the power that is in, inherent in giving, I give you money, you go and use it for juju. No, I gave you because you told me you have a need. Yes, Hunger. That's why I gave you. So whatever you go and use it for, it's none of my business. Look, years ago, several years ago, I was going to buy kinky. Tell my committee too. I was so tired around 9 p.m. I had just come from work. And when I got there, I didn't check. Because the kinky sellers were there. But the one I went to was some old man. Very old man. And I've heard stories of. So immediately I raised my head and I saw everyone. I said. And I went to the next one. How the Holy Ghost dealt with me. You know what the Holy Ghost said to me? He said, you saw a poor woman. Who is trying to make ends meet? Find some money, perhaps for his children at home. You have allowed religion to describe her a witch. The one that perhaps I think is a nice girl. Could be the witch. Nice witch, beautiful witch. All right. So look at it. Always. All circumstances and whatever the need be. Whatever the need be. Maybe you don't understand English. Whatever the need be. Whether it's a one billion aeroplane you want to buy, or it's a two CD, whatever. Whatever the need. Whatever the need be. Always. In other words, that's always. All circumstances. Whether it is favorable or not favorable. God says He's able to make His grace. Abound, 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 abound. Should Christians be poor? But there's something we don't know. I told you, you are not born poor. Your problem is that you are a son of a king. Who don't like doing the demands of the king? Should I say it again? You are a son of the king of heaven. The richest man ever in all times. Yet, you don't like listening or doing his words. That's all. That's your problem. And since you don't like doing his words, 
He's been telling you his secrets, where his things are. But you are too stubborn. You don't want to do what he's saying. So even though his riches and resources are there for you, you are not gaining. Yet you are walking in town telling him that he's not a good God. But he said in all circumstances. He said in all circumstances. In all circumstances. Whatever they need be. So why are you worried? Whatever they need be. You think you are doing a good job when you are thinking. You think you are doing a good job when you are worrying. You think you are doing... Some people to them is a good job. Right after church, they can stand outside or anywhere and they are thinking. He said, look, in this world, there's reality. The Bible says, give unto Caesar what you give to and give unto God. Now I've given God. Charlie, let me think about this. <laughs> you guys know how, to, you know how to think Caesar. Caesar thinking. Look, anytime I read this, I ask myself, can this be true? This is too good to be true. Now, he's not saying go and look for money. He said whatever the need be. I don't know if you understand. So I get to a point. I want to buy this um, golden speaker. And this is one billion dollars. God said whatever the need be, he will supply abundantly that I can handle this without what? And I'll be self-sufficient. Then he said, look at what's in the bucket. Possessing enough to require no aid because he wants to be the sole provider. He wants to be the sole provider. Can we trust God? Can we trust God? He wants to be the sole provider. You don't need any support. And furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Again, he mentions here, charitable donation. Look at nine. As it is written, he, the benevolent person, scatters abroad. That means he keeps giving. He's, God calls your giving scattering abroad. He gives to the poor. Uh-huh. His deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever. Oh my God. Go on. And God, who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruit of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Now, you are using earthly resources. To reflect heavenly riches. I am giving you $100. Not because of the $100. Because I'm a kind man. Because of goodness. Because of grace. So he said even that money that I will, use, I will give you. He will multiply it. Uh oh. Do you get it? Let's read it together. And God who provides. So who is the provider? God. He provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your. So in this case, not his, your. So whichever resource you have, he would multiply for what? For sowing. Which means that the physical cash you have is not for him. 
It's for you. But that one, he will multiply. But he's the one who provided it for you. Which means when he provides for you, it is not his again, it's yours. Because he doesn't need any earthly thing. Yet, his grace is able to cause earthly blessing to come. So when the earthly blessing comes to you, it becomes yours. Then he will multiply it. For what? Sowing and increasing the fruit of what? Righteousness. So he says, he's giving it to you to walk in so much righteousness. Manifesting what? Goodness, kindness, and charity. Love. So you see me giving you $1,000. But that's not what God sees. He sees kindness. Can you see this? Because you see, the resources that you have from heaven is not dollar. It is goodness, kindness, charity, all the riches. The true, that's the true riches. Wake up every day and say, Lord, I'm full of charity. I'm full of goodness. I'm full of kindness. I'm full of love. I'm full of peace. I'm full of joy. I'm full of... Yeah. This is what you need. Because if you don't have these things, you're giving. That's why I don't want to be a philanthropist. I know philanthropists give. But they give for sure. I want to give behind the scenes. I'm giving not because of fame. I'm giving because of righteousness. It means it's the right thing to do. In the eyes of God, it's the right thing to do. He said, which manifests itself, righteousness, it manifests itself in active, not passive. In active. Do you know why I say active? It means that it does the thing. Passive means it receives. So your righteousness must do, must be given goodness, kindness, and charity. Amazing. You see money. God doesn't see cash. So if I give you cash without any of these things, if it was not in righteousness, it's useless. God doesn't look at cash. He looks at your active righteousness. So did you give because of kindness? Did you give because of goodness? Did you give because of love? If it's because of love, then your spirit is in the thing. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayma 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-L Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny L. Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International, contact 7 
Genesis on plus two three three five four seven two two one seven seven three or plus two three three five zero four three two eight nine five nine for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean, and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to leap from glory to glory, and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.